You're listening to The Real and Random Podcast. I'm your host, Rashida, aka Randomly Rashida, and today I'm super duper excited. Why? Because I've got all my sisters and me. I have my sisters, Althea. She's oldest. Shout out, Althea. Hello, everyone. And then there's Karima. She's the next oldest. How you doing? There it is. And then there's Shawnee. Hello. She's the baby of the bunch. And so we're doing something kind of unprecedented. It's never happened. It's been 39 years in the making, I'm sure. It's about to go down. We're talking about trauma and how trauma affects you. And to give you a little bit of a backdrop, it's been 39 years since our mother died. I was eight. Althea, how old were you? 14. Well, you're three years old. Let me see you was 12. Hello. <laughs> Prima, you were five? Five, yeah. I was five. And Shawnee, you were six months old. Seven months. The first question I have is, how many of us have all lived together? Me and Rashida has. And Althea, have you lived with everybody, Althea? Oh, yeah. And me and Althea, too. Shawnee, you've lived with everybody. You're the baby. And Althea, you're the oldest. You've lived with everybody as well? Yes, I have, actually, yep. Oh, wow. Look, I didn't know that. Creamy, did you know that? No. Well, interesting. I didn't know that fact either. We just learned something about each other. We had no choice in the matter. It happened. It was what it was. Have you ever thought about what would it have been like to live with all your sisters? We'll start with you, Althea. We were all born from the same parents. Why would we not live together? Right. As we were born, we were supposed to be together. What about you, Karima? Being that statistically, they say the third child is the nuttiest, the most insane. But it wasn't something ideal for me because... Sometimes people's dreams become their reality and sometimes their realities can never be a good dream. Okay, I'm not sure if I caught that, but we'll go with it. (laughs) Should I also say this episode is being brought to you by Corona Beer or something? I don't know, but there it is. (laughs) So Shawnee, you being the youngest, I don't know who you were staying with as a baby. I, I don't even remember. At some point, you did live with one of the sisters. Did you ever feel like you were missing out on something because you didn't stay with all of us collectively? I completely do. I think I missed out on all of you, everyone growing up besides Karima, because me and Karima did get raised together. We were both a pair. When you guys were introduced to us, it was more of, okay, it's just two extra girls, whatever. Oh, so you never really thought of us being your sisters? We were just like people who showed up? When I got introduced to you guys, yes. Wow. As I got more introduced, and Althea stayed down here, it was more of a, wow, this is a real reality of, this is really your sister. And then you came in the picture, and I was like, okay, you know, I have another sister. Wow. That being said, I think I missed out on a whole lot of all four of us actually being in one group. I would echo that too. I think for me, because I grew up with Althea up until a certain point, I knew of everybody, but it was like, I knew you, but I didn't know you. Even to this day, sometimes I refer to us as sister friends. It's a weird thing to say, but I feel like some of the closeness was lost by being dispersed and being separated. Really quickly intervene and say, I don't think it was lost. It was stripped from us because we lost is when you have no control. It was controlled by family members and they stripped it from us just by keeping us or perpetuating the division of us. So it was stripped, not lost. That's my take. I like that distinction. And I will co-sign on that one. 
I like what she said about what was stripped was learning each other's personalities. We're learning it as adults. And at right. this point, if you don't have the qualities or beliefs or whatever it is or purpose that I'm on, I don't have to deal with you. You know what I mean? Whereas if you were brought together as children, we would be able to say, you know what, that's just my sister Kareem, and she'll get over it. And we can understand each other and knowing how to come right. back and reconvene better than we do as an adult. Absolutely. We separated too young. So do you feel like, Althea, that we're more friends and sisters? How would you classify us today? I just say that we are trying to make a foundation and because we know we're sisters. So biologically, genetically, this is an obligation for our heritage, what we have to do, our bloodline. Yeah. And you're right. You got it unlocked. <laughs> and because we're adults, it's just a little too much right now because we're grown. Right. We don't have those tools to be successful because we didn't have the luxury of figuring out what each other's personalities were, what our breaking points are, and what makes you tick. Right. I like the fact that we keep trying because of obligation. Part of this is about trying to exhibit or display to people who have these situations or are going through these situations, the impacts, right? Because sometimes people don't realize what the end result will be. For example, I didn't realize back then that the people who were trying to individually take us on as their kids, they didn't do a good job of making sure we stay connected. But then I look back and go, well, they were only in their 20s. So they didn't necessarily have the tools either because when someone dies in your family, especially if they have kids, it's just fight or flight, right? Everyone's like trying to figure out what are we gonna do with all these kids? There's like four kids involved. Like you take one, you take one, you take one. And then everybody lives their individual separate lives separated at birth. I have to give credit and say they did the best they could, even though looking at it from my perspective, it wasn't enough. Nobody had therapy at the time. Nobody knew what to do with the situation. It just happened. Do you think that these events have shaped you into who you are today? How do you feel based on what happened to us? If I can say being the baby sister, I think I'm more open and valid. For me, living in South Carolina for 10 years and then moving to Georgia with you, Rashida, and then leaving to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana for eight years, I've met both sides of my family that I thought I did. So that's a win for you. Exactly. I had to open up myself to different people. Let's go back and look at my mom's side of the family. I'm really open to learn that I have little cousins, older cousins, middle cousins, whatever. I'm very open. You really are. And I wonder, are you that way because you had no point of reference? You didn't know anybody from the get-go. So anyone who says, hey, I'm your relative, you're like, oh, tell me more versus me, Althea, and Karima, we had some version of who some of our cousins were. Right. Yes, we did. We did. But Rashida, you and I, we had the best of both sides because our family on our mother's side, and then we had relatives on our uncle who raised the side of family too. They took us in like family as well. So it's almost like we can't negate the fact that Uncle James' side of the family, they were there for us as well. Right, right, right. When you have a hole and then it becomes split, something has to fill that gap. We were children and family took us on, not for pity's sake, but at the end of the day, that was just that type of family they were. However, our family may not have been as welcoming of others. Mm -hmm. They were in their 20s. Their oldest sibling passed away. And now here we are, the aunt and the uncle of these children, and we have to raise them. So I kind of think that they did the best that they can do with what they had to do it with. 
I know for me, I've had a defining moment. Have you had any defining moments where you felt like, oh my God, it could be a moment of clarity or a moment of game changing? For me, I'll start. Althea, you and I lived together for seven years, you and I, which now that I think about it, doesn't sound like a lot of time at all. And I remember the day you left. Life for me was completely different. I'll never forget it because you got dropped off at our uncle's house in South Carolina. I thought it was just a routine visit. And it turned out that Sunday when we were leaving, mom said, oh, Althea's not coming. She's staying here. And I don't even think you knew that that was happening. I literally cried the whole way back to Georgia. And I just felt like the only piece of me that I knew, I knew I had Kareem and I knew I had Shawnee, but because you and I lived together, you were the closest thing I had to what I would call a sister. I felt completely isolated. I felt like my best friend had gone. I felt like not only did I lose my mother and my father and my other sisters, but now I'm losing yet another sister. It really was traumatizing for me because I felt like now I have nobody. So that was my defining moment. I want to ask each one of you guys, did you have a defining moment? We'll start with you, Shawnee. I think my defining moment was when me and Karima went down to Connecticut for a visit and I was acting a fool. And <laughs> I got shipped back because I couldn't behave the right way like a child's supposed to. But in the same token, Karima never came back to South Carolina with me. So with that being said, I think I got stripped of my sister that I've always known. It was the love that we had together versus the separation that we endured. So that was your defining moment. What about you, Karima? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here go Corona again. <laughs> <laughs> They've been so defined that I've tucked them away in dust. I don't know what. Well, this is good too, because I was talking to a psychologist yesterday and she talked about trauma and how you can file it away and kind of shut that area off in your brain. So you're living with that level of trauma. So that's a story in and of itself. I can accept that. What about you, Althea? I don't know. I felt like I was living my best life when I left. I wanted to go. I think my defining moment may have been when I realized Oh, this lady gonna leave me for real? It's all good. I'm gonna find a way to make myself feel good about the situation. You give me a lemon, I'm about to make me some lemonade. So I made lemonade with the matter. What the defining moment was, you and I may have been separated by way of human to human, but my moment was, my personal stuff is back in Georgia. <laughs> so I had to be like Krima, tuck it away. What you gonna do, be crying over it? I don't know how I should feel right now. I thought you'd say, well, I missed you too, Rashida, but this thing talking about, I miss my clothes. Ain't that nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't think about anybody but myself. That's bad. And that's fair. You were 15 years old, so that, that's totally fair. I guess me and Rashida rides on the same boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we uh, missed our sisters, but they never missed us. Exactly, exactly. So that takes me to a fun round. Who is the bossiest? Oh, Lord Jesus. You. Whoa. I'm going to call out the spectator. <laughs> so who's the meanest? Althea. For sure. Uh, girl, you better get out of here with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you're definitely the meanest. Cream, what do you think? Yes, you are. But I have to say, Althea is mean, but funny as well. Cream, would you agree Althea is the meanest? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. You know, the funniest memory I have is when it was just me, Althea, and Karima, and our parents had gone to do something, and they left Althea in charge. Oh, Lord. Cream was the baby. She was crying and we didn't know what to do with you. And I remember Althea 
gave you a black eye. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I remember that because when our parents got home, we got in trouble. Our dad used to say, touch your toes and get in the corner. So we had to get in the corner. And, I mean, we were so bad that whole day because we also poured water in the back of the TV. We were just bad. <laughs> Y'all was baby kids. Like, Lord Jesus. Creamer, do you have any memories of being with our mother and father? Not together, but separate ones, yeah. Really? When I was a young kid. When we got our bikes, I remember him bringing it oh, yeah. to grandmommy's and then she didn't want it. And then also our mom, <laughs> she had me on the lap. I do remember that. I think you remember when he came to Connecticut and took us to Toys R Us. Do you remember that? We went to Holyoke Mass, my dear. Yeah. Was that the time that I had that station wagon, the Zebra? Yes. She told us to put the bags under the seat, but I left them in the trunk so I could show them off to the friends at church. And somebody broke the yep. window and stole the bags. Oh, God. <laughs> Who do you think has the weirdest middle name? Deluxe? Whose name is Deluxe? Karima. But is that really, really your middle name? Yeah, yeah, my middle name Deluxe. Yeah. Well, if they can't talk, she's what Dorcas Dorsey. I um, never even heard of such name. Dorcas is a female disciple in the Book of Acts, chapter nine. Yes, she's in the Bible. Oh, sure. oh, wow. oh wow! I'm rolling. I'm holding it down. Now you just came into that knowledge because before you was like, ah, don't ever say my middle name. Shawnee's is heiress. When they said that we have our grandmother named heiress, I said, wow. I wish I knew her mother to know why she named our grandmother heiress. I think our names were all over the place because I recently ran to this lady on social media and she knows like multiple languages. And so she said, what's your name? I said, I'm Rashida. She goes, oh, are you Muslim? I'm like, no, I'm not. But I said, oh, my middle name is Monique. She's like, well, okay. Your parents were Muslim. Yeah, I know they were Muslim, but I don't know how you get from Rashida, a Muslim name, to Monique, a French name. I don't know how all that came together. Our Arabic names came from our dad. So if you had any type of English American sign name, our mom probably had a favorite of a Monique or something. Little known fact, Althea's name was supposed to be Habiba. Mm-hmm. Get out. Okay. Uh, that would have messed me up in life. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rashida, I used to hate because no one could spell it. They pronounced it wrong. They still do. And now I was on Facebook today and like there were so many Rashidas. I'm like, oh my God. Like I couldn't figure out which one I was. I want to know, this is important real quick. It's important too. Like how many pictures does our mom have circulating amongst us four? And what are we going to do about her tombstone? I only have... I think I have two pictures, one of her in the hospital. I have none. Really? I have none either. Wow. Althea, you were the oldest. You know what she looked like? Yes. What about you, Krima? No. Really? Really? Well. Well, what about you, Shawnee? Do you, do you have any images of her? No. Uh-uh. Wow. I was only seven months, so the only person I could remember is Grandmommy and George. And some people don't see the value in this, but when people are looking for like their lost dad or they were given into foster care or adopted by somebody else and they always want to go back and say, I want to find my parents. People don't seem to realize the why, why people want to do that. Cause they're like, well, you got this great life right now. Maybe if that's your story or, you know, it's in the past. They didn't want you. They think that you shouldn't have that curiosity. And I know for me, I always wanted to know, well, do I laugh like them? Do I look like them? Do I act like them? I lost not only them, but I feel like I lost a piece of who I am because I don't know who I am relative to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I second emotion that yeah. completely. And also, yep. we want to know, our father worked on the train track. What job did our mom have? Was she a cashier? What did she do? She was so smart. What did she do? That's one of the things that we don't know 
with her passing at the age of 27 years old, that's what everyone has told me. All we know is she was a valedictorian in school. She was the smartest of them all. I didn't know that. Has any of us thought about trying to find healing within ourselves, i.e., have you thought about going to counseling or just trying to figure out who am I? Well, finding your inspiration and keeping the motivation will then bring you to an understanding of where you came from because you're inspired by something that's already programmed in you from genetics. Though we had a rough carving out without our parents or the guidance and protection of them, we can now carve our way through to say, okay, whatever I become must have been coming from uh, a genetic part as well as a, a motivation and still who I am for both my parents. Okay. That's like saying if whatever your parents raised you or rear you up to be, as you get older, if your parent was a thief and they taught you how to steal and you watched them steal, as you get older, do you want to keep on stealing? You may still be stealing because you find that that may be the way of life for you as an adult. But then there comes a point in time where it's, wait a minute, just because my mother and father may have stole, I don't have to do what they did. So at the end of the day, I'm almost like, because I am oblivious to what their lifestyle would have been or what it was, I had to grasp on something that is a little more facade. I didn't just pick up anything to say, you know what? I didn't have a good foundation. Oh, so we picked up a vice. All of us definitely picked up a vice, a tabooish type of vice in our lives. Okay, so speak on that, Krima. What does that mean for you? I'm soon going to write a book. All right. Congratulations. Because I'm that third child who's misled. I'm the only left-handed one of you guys. I'm the only one who likes the same sex. I'm the only one who just don't give a damn, like really project it and really feel it, like numbness. And also, it's like I'm the one who's thinking the deepest about this just don't make sense how we got lost in our personal way, in our collective sibling way, and in the way of the family. Like, we're a problem to the family. We Like, we're still... <laughs> I will agree. I, I still feel like we are outcasts in our own family because we did not What control. do we do? Right. The funny part is just like we just said, we don't know what our parents... We don't know enough about their background, their history, what they did. I think because of this situation, losing both of them, the family decided in advance who we were supposed to be. Good, bad, or indifferent. Exactly. Because, because we did or didn't turn out to be that way. But if we are that way, then they're like, yep, that's why I, that's why I ain't want to deal with y'all because you act like your mother, you act like your daddy. Or you're not that way and they're scratching their head trying to figure out, well, is she for real? It goes back to the aunts and uncles, they were young they took on their oldest siblings' children, it was sprung on them. So think about them as adults trying to understand their nieces. They didn't even have children, half of them. And then you think about us as an adult, we didn't have a chance to be young children around each other. So it's almost like parallel almost. Right. I am the baby and there was issues that was going on far as I know that was portrayed to me to tell me as a young teen slash an adult now your mom was on drugs she used drugs she's abused this she did that she did this so i look at it as in you've already fabricated our lives to what our parents did have done or will do so they look at us as oh y'all gonna be smoking y'all gonna ain't gonna be nothing you're gonna be a prostitute you're gonna be selling yourself I look at it like I have been blackballed with it all. 
I have one particular family member that says, great job, Shawnee. We love you. Da, 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 da. And I'm looking at it as in, did you not love me before? Mm. Did you not think I was a great person then? What did you think of me? I was unsuccessful, ungrateful. I have a child now that's five years old. I got pregnant at the age of 33. What were you looking at me then before I had my child at the age of 33? Right. Did you think I was going to get pregnant at 15, 16? Did you think I was going to be a hole on the street? Did you think I was going to be unsuccessful, drop out of college or school? So my mind wonders, what did you think of me when you were semi-somewhat raising me to, to see me as an adult now at 39 years old, I'm being successful. I got a 3.6 GPA in college with an associate's degree. I have a five-year-old, and I'm doing wonderful for myself. I don't need, want, and ask for anything. Right. They don't know us just like we don't know each other. So when you don't know, you, you just kind of make up something in your mind and you just label people. And I'm not saying it's right, but I feel like we were all labeled to be something that we weren't going to be right. You can never live up to that expectation that you don't even know is put out there for you, good, bad, or ugly. So that's why it's probably more important to just take people for who they are, which is where I am today with you guys. I'm like, I don't know any of you guys. And I remember my first husband saying to me, Rashida, the Althea that you know today is not the girl from yesterday. And that hit me. I didn't want to hear him say it. I really didn't. We're now having to, in our adult life, figure out who each other are. Let's talk about the one who's down the most. It's always going to be one sibling who probably got most affected by the dysfunction. Would you say that's you? Yeah. Everybody else has shown a sign of being a Reynolds. And maybe I've shown a trait to the Reynolds side all this time that they've been there for us without our parents. They can honor the William side of who I am. They're like... You are not a part of us. You're embarrassing me. And all along, that's been a part of who my William side is. The dreadlocks, the just, I don't give a damn, I'm loud. I have another parent. And they never regarded that. And they were the family who lived and was able to take care of us. And so they have pushed me back so much that I'm pushed back. I think we as a collective, four sisters, we get judged by the sins of one. If someone gets mad at one of us, they just take us all out. <laughs> like a bowling pin if you are speaking ill of the other i may have to be firm enough to say we're not going to do that and we can still have our conversation i couldn't stand that even growing up whereas you cool with four people and the moment the rest of them go their way you know i'm like who does that i'm the only one who everyone's always said she's falling on her head none of you guys have had that you know what I feel for you, Cream? I feel like something traumatic had to happen at some point. I mean, outside of losing our parents, that's traumatic enough, right? But I watched your progression as a kid and you were on a certain path and maybe not the path you wanted to be on, but a path that was predetermined for you. Me personally, looking outside, I felt like you had it the best and maybe Althea was second runner up. And I just really thought, Shawnee, I just thought you just had a bad all across the board. I did. I thought Creamer had the best situation. I felt like you had more love than anybody. Let me tell you, let me tell you what they did. Sometimes if you don't know what you're doing with love, it can be dangerous. I'm telling you. And they were giving me medicine for something. They didn't even know what the diagnosis was. How about that? That's why it all went wrong. And I'm here today with nothing. 
and they think she's ungrateful. She's no, you did not diagnose what it was and gave the wrong medicine, and I took it. But look at me now. Well, okay, so that goes to another question. Now that you brought that up, do you feel like anything positive came out of all of this? What came out of it is the fact that we still are here and we had children. That's the greatest thing that we created a generation. What about you, Althea? Do you feel like anything positive came out of all of this? Positivity that I see out of it is that we all have the desire and the will to want to live. We all have a desire to keep on pushing and live. I'm living. I don't have no crazy thoughts in my head. Karima want to live. Shawnee wants to live. And Rashid want to live. And we're going to live. What about you, Shawnee? This is a positive. I knew our mom passed at the age of 27. So for me, 27 was like, whoa, hold on, what's going on? With me, it was a rocky road, but I wanted to succeed in life. I've had some rocky times, but other than that, I mean, I'm successful, I'm happy, I'm proud. I don't want to be the statistics of how we were as kids. Mm -hmm. I want to overcome that statistic and not hinder my child from not knowing his family. I'm going to introduce him to everyone. The positive is we may not always agree and we may not always be friends, but we find a way to bring it back in every now and again. So there's still hope that we can find some commonality, some common ground and redefine what sisterhood looks like in the midst of chaos and pandemonium. If we didn't have the ability to keep each other together, we just couldn't as kids. Now that we have the power to make a change with our own children, I think we need to work harder collectively to make sure that they know each other and they can form healthy relationships and healthy bonds. Sometimes because you didn't have, you may not know how to demonstrate what it should be. Where for me, because I didn't have, I try to stress the importance of knowing your family, knowing your cousins, reaching out. And my sons would be quick to say, well, this person don't like you. Why are you always talking to them? I'm like, well, maybe I like it rough. I don't know. But (laughs) (laughs) when you do podcasts like this, where's your goal in doing this? I'm glad you asked because when I was a younger girl, I always wanted to be a teacher. And I realized quickly I was not going to be teaching nobody's children. That was mine. I think that was all of ours. Minus me. (laughs) Quickly just threw teaching off the table. But it always stayed within me. And so now my online stuff with how do I dot, dot, dot in this is requiting that desire to be a teacher. So I feel like for so long, certain topics were taboo. You didn't talk about divorce or if you were physically abused or domestically abused or any of that sort of stuff. Like no one talked about that sort of stuff. And I feel like where we are in the world today as humans, we have an obligation to help the next guy, the next girl, the next family, whatever. I posted once before about being adopted. The new Gerber baby is a black little girl. She's super duper cute. And her parents are white. The article read like she was all adopted. It focused more on that than, hey, this is just a really cute Gerber baby. And I was offended as a little girl. I kept saying, whenever mom would go, oh, these are my adopted kids. You know, my sister's daughter. I hated that. It made me feel like an outsider. And I feel like if you're going to adopt kids, you're going to be a foster parent. You take on the responsibility to make them feel like they're your own. 
Like that sucked. And so I want to help people to see that we are the outcome of a bad situation kind of gone wrong. Even when I was married and my ex-husband had kids, even though our marriage ended to this day, his ex-wife, which people think is like white people stuff, she comes over, she'll eat with us, we'll have holidays together. And all of his kids, I've told them, you guys are going to keep together. Even if me and your dad end up, you guys are going to stay together because I will not have you think that, oh, you're just going to show up whenever you feel like it. You're going to reach out to these little boys. You're going to hang out with these little boys. and Y'all going to know each other for sure. And so to this day, they have a relationship. They holler when they holler. And the funny part is nobody talks to the ex-husband. Now that's a mess and a whole nother story. It's kind of therapeutic in this moment that we're all talking together because we don't even do this. And I know people who have siblings and they'll say, oh, we have a call once a week and we just talk. And I'm like, oh my God, look, that will never happen with us. I'm jealous of that. And I have to admit that I really am because I'm like, why can't we be that way? I don't even know if you guys know this. We've only been in the room together, what, maybe five times in our whole entire life. It's about the lost versus stripped scenario. Blacks have been put into a anti-be-against-each-other scenario to the point where now we're out and we have the choice of stripping ourselves or not, and we choose to strip ourselves. We were lost with the identity of each other in slavery, and now look how we kill each other and we talk bad about each other and we'll favor other races over ourselves. It's no different than us and the siblings. We've been stripped and now we're lost. I will agree to a large degree. What Karima, she wanted to know about our mother's marker. Where is it? We went to go looking, but I think I did call the funeral place. I believe they stated that a lot of the graves were shifted. And because it was a marker there, I'm not going to say that they don't know where it is, but it would be more so archived. But I'm going to look into it. So in other words, it can't be located. For right now, there's nothing that's concrete. And I was like hearing bits and pieces of the story. They do have record of it. Isn't our grandmother over there as well? I know yeah. when yeah. me and Lamar came to Connecticut mm -hmm. that you guys went there. You guys found grandmommy's grave, but you guys were not able to find our mother's marker. I know I did not go due to the fact I felt like I don't know her. So listening to you say this kind of gets me a little pissed off. About what? Hmm. Because because years ago, it was somewhere in there, but someone else took it over, so it's got shifted. I guess I don't understand the lingo. Althea and Krima, do you guys remember going to the funeral at all? Yes. You do? What about you, Krima? Yeah, I do. It's so funny because I was, again, talking with this trauma therapist, and I told her, I said, you know, I remember literally what each one of us wore because we had on the same dress. I don't know if you guys know that. And I remember just those details. I remember the day and I remember what we wore. I don't remember going to the funeral at all. And she was like, no, like that's very common in traumatic situations. Because then fast forward, and I've never shared this with anybody. I was in my 20s in college and I was driving down the road and I just started crying about our mother based on a song I had heard on the radio at that time. And I'm like, talk about repressed feelings. What the devil? Like, this is very weird for me. Do you feel like you guys have ever really mourned the situation? I've had a moment like that too in my life. Yup, I did too. And I thought it was weird. Like the cry of all cries that never came out. Like that was a therapy moment. Yeah. And it was triggered by a song. 
Wow. After a mom's funeral, Aunt Angie had brought me home, and they was playing that song, and I thought, what the hell? So it's weird that someone else had the same kind of experience, like a Nirvana moment. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Althea? Did you ever feel like you mourned that whole situation? Well, I did. I can't remember as to when. I always kept trying to find the song. It was Little Birdies, Don't Cry. I know it when I hear it. When I started going back to funeral services, I was always looking for that song, but you know, today is different. But I remember I never went to funerals for a long time. And I was like, mm, funerals, I don't do that. I don't do that. And then I realized, why do I not do it? I remember her face. And I remember seeing, and I'm not trying to be insensitive, I remember how when I recall the face and I think about the face today, for her to have been 27, yeah, life was really tolling at that point. Wow. Life really, 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 really took a very strong toll on her because to be 27, that's a baby. She looked every bit like a 60-year-old woman. Wow. Oh, wow. Did anybody else feel like at 27 or once you became 28 that you outlived your mother and had like an aha moment? Anybody yep. that? Yes. Really? I think everybody who has lost a parent at a young age, oh my goodness, I thought that was only me. I think everybody has that. Yeah, you almost feel guilty in a weird kind of way, but then you feel blessed and it's like, I don't even know how to feel all in one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now here's something that's funny and I can appreciate knowing our grandmother and the memory or two that I have of my mother, but if you put all four of us together, I think, I feel like me and Althea are very similar. When I was younger, I used to say me and Karima were similar and I think we still are to a large degree because people say we look alike the most. I look at those moments as tender today. Like now I'm a grandmother and I channel our grandmother. I love grandma. I mean, she was crazy and she was thorough and certifiable on a whole lot of levels, but I can appreciate the memory of her because it makes me want to be an even better version of her as a grandmother today with my granddaughter. I told my son and his girlfriend, I'm like, look, grandmothers have no rules. I'm like, just let me be me. Because I'm internally going, what did grandma used to do? Like grandma was the one who say, here, grab some money out of her bra or out of her little powder puff jar, shit, coins in the air. Here, I got some cookies in the back room. Go get you some out of my room. Like those are like the fondest memories I have. And I hate that I don't have those with my sisters. I hate that I don't have that with my mom or my dad, that I don't have that to look back on as a point of reference. Because I'm like, who am I as a parent? Am I acting like my parents? I don't know. And I don't know why it's so important that I want to know, but I feel like it's a part of who you are. So does anybody ever channel those vibes and go, gosh, you know, grandma had great spirit or energy or the memories you know of our parents. Do you ever feel like you're channeling that stuff? For me being a baby, I channel in I'm Maggie and Uncle Tony. That raised me. Mm -hmm. What about you, Karima? I, I don't know. You don't know where you get your craziness from? It must be the Williams time. I come with an unclean tag. Wow. What about you out there? Do you ever have those memories with grandma or any of our family members and you, you glean from those sometimes or sit back and just kind of reminisce? No. Uncle gave us a good head start. I must say that. I give her all that, her and Uncle James, but I went my own way. So do you feel like this circumstance shaped and molded your relationships, guy, girl, with your kids or, you know, your romantic relationships? Do you feel like maybe you had daddy issues or does anybody feel that way? So all I can say is there may be some people that maybe I wasn't supposed to be like according to what I had to see. You know what I mean? I felt like I was by myself, but now I'm learning is now being channeled properly. But I thank God that I'm catching on to it and I'm understanding now and I'm making better choices because of what I'm being shown. 
What about you, Karima? Do you feel like being a lesbian? Because you, you have kids and you've been with men before. Do you feel like because a lack of a relationship with family and the whole mother-father thing, that had some level of contribution to you being gay? Yeah, it could be. I don't link the family line of LGBTQ with any trauma or absence of family. I just feel like if probably my mom was here and dad, I still would be this person. Okay. I'm asking that because sometimes you tend to gravitate unbeknownst you to that same kind of guy. So I was always curious based on my mates because I felt like I had a pretty good handle on life and who I was and how to pick people. Oh my God, all y'all do. What are y'all looking for? But I always attracted older men, never anybody my age. I started to wonder at some point, what in the world is wrong with me? Like, what is that all about? Is this me looking for daddy on the slide and I just don't know about it? Shawnee, I think you want to chime in on that one. True, very true. I'm kind of like you as well. My dad, Lamar always said, they can always give you a wet butt and all this good stuff, so why don't you get this, this, and this if they're going to do this, this, and this. What? You lost me on the wet butt part. I don't even know what the wet butt means, but I'm not going to even ask you to go into that. <laughs> Meaning like, you giving him this, you giving him your soul, basically, get some shoes out of it. Get whatever you need. But in the same token, I was the same way. I always attracted older men, but then when I married someone, I married someone a year older than me, it just didn't work. I didn't know I was promiscuous. I did not know it until I got saved. I said, now, if you would have told me or my neighbor would have told me or somebody else would have told me, I'd be like, you don't get out of here. But the Lord himself told me I was promiscuous. And that was a checking moment to say. He told me that was looming over me, promiscuality. So that means that there were certain kind of men that would be attracted to me. The thugs, the hoods, the gangsters, you know, the different type ones or the ones that were cunning, tricky. But at the end of the day, I didn't know who I was. Now I know what I'm attracting. Now, you know, that's funny though, Althea, because you said you were promiscuous and I think Shawnee was a little hot and fast too. I don't know if Krima was fast. I was more reserved and was like, you ain't coming this way. I'm focused on school. The other defining moment for me was when one of our uncles said to me, he said, kid, nobody has to do anything for you unless they want to, because you don't have parents. But it became real in that moment. And I was like, dad, he's right. And even when I went to college, I would watch my friends, their parents would send care packages and send them money. Mom gave me four whole quarters, count them up, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, the entire time I was in college. And so that was defining for me when he said that, Rashida, think about it. You heard that. I didn't hear none of that stuff. But you know, it's funny because I tell my kids those same things that somebody's telling you. And I said, I wish somebody was telling me some stuff like this. I would have got myself together quicker. But at the same time, you had somebody tell you that. So you had something to eat off of. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say, you're going to be 50. All these people on this Comcast. What do you say? Comcast? Podcast. Yeah. America, she's old. There we have it. Do you feel like as the older sibling is that a role that you hold high esteem to being the oldest and y'all kids can do what y'all want to do y'all parents left y'all kids with me i ain't about to be man no kids you hear me no i'm joking <laughs> um, <laughs> what i owe you guys is to be an example contrary to what i used to be but i feel like us being best friends that time has expired it's like i don't know that i feel that to this day and but that's okay Russia. I mean, no it's not okay well hold on I already told Rashid, we have so much similarities. If you know that someone can confide in you, then you know you can confide in me. I wanted that for us. And that's what the future looks like. 
no one does not take away that sense of security. That's just your illusion of it not being theirs. Well, when this will become Ayamba, okay. I think the future for us is more of this, right? I feel bad for Shawnee because I feel like you lost the most out the whole deal. But I feel like we owe it to ourselves to try to put something back together, whatever we define it to be. Listen, use the analogy like blacks. Now, after we've been stripped, we're lost, we have to regain back unity as a black people. So that's the same difference we have to do. Right. And whatever that looks like, does that look like we just get together? Because like I said, we've only been together in the same room five times and I've counted them. The good news is we have each other's numbers and we just need to work on using them more often and collectively and just checking in on each other. Yeah, why did you choose now for us to like have a ensemble? I don't know, Krima. You know, I, I think sometimes stuff just hits you. You'll know when the time is right, when the time hits you. Just like finding our dad when I was 20 something years old. I didn't realize my diary had the key to finding him all those years, but it was only when the time was right that it became clear, go look in the diary, call 411. And then just like that, within five minutes, I located that dude. Yeah, we should say a prayer to God. So we should pray for this. I'm gonna wrap it up. And I want everybody to just say one encouraging word to the group or phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to hear from everyone. Karima. Stay healthy, stay strong, and remain in the race for survival. Althea. May peace and blessings be multiplied into you, your homes and Everything that you desire to do, may peace follow you and the blessings follow you and it may be multiplied in your lives. So for me, thankful and grateful. This was freeing in, in a lot of ways is that we could walk away going, well, I didn't know she thought that. We have more talking to do. Like, I really want to know how you guys feel. And, and this was a good beginning. Ladies, I'm going to give you back your time. But I just want to say thank you to all three of you guys. My youngest sister, Shawnee, shout out. My oldest sister, Althea. And my middle sister, Karima, which I don't know that you can be middle, Karima. I think we're both in the middle. How about that? I love you guys all. I think came out this whole love, love, too. You, love you too. Love you, love you, love you. Love, <laughs> love you. Virtual hugs. Yay. Yay. <laughs> well, that was a great conversation between myself and my sisters. 39 years in the making should have happened a long time ago. Sometimes the timing is just all off. So, and as my sister asked me during the interview, why now? I honestly don't have the answer to why now. Lord knows I've tried in my own small way over the years unsuccessfully. So maybe even secretly within their own hearts and minds, they felt like the time was right too. So much and so that they agreed and obliged me in my offering to do this collectively as a podcast because I want to help others. I want this message to be felt and heard for people who were adopted, who were displaced with their siblings, had a situation because like I always say, everybody has a story. And I feel like the more we share those stories, the good, the bad, and the uglies, the better we can relate to one another as well as find hope within ourselves. If ever you were feeling desolate, like my one sister said, I just feel like I'm the outlier. I feel like I'm confused. I feel like I'm depressed. Then maybe in listening to us, you'll realize there's no reason to be. There's positive that can come out of it and you have to own your life and own your situation. So I'm just thankful that they agreed and I'm thankful for having this vehicle, this platform, i.e. podcast, to share those stories in those moments. As I always say, your best and brightest days are ahead. This is Rashida, AKA Randomly Rashida, 
And this has been the Real and Random Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and leave reviews and comments because we as podcasters, we like that sort of stuff. And I will catch you 